The following podcast will contain explicit material and subject matter that some people may find disturbing and or upsetting. You have been warned. Let me see your middle finger. Hey, motherfuckers, guess who it is? It's the son of a bitch that pops ketchup balloons at a kid's birthday party. Here's Creepy Mike. All right. So, just like the uh, the warning said at the beginning of the show, um, things are going to be a little explicit, and we're going to talk about some stuff that are going to it's going to irritate the hell out of some people. And some people are going to find it offensive. Now, um, I, I really don't care what you think of the stuff that I put on my podcast because it's my motherfucking podcast. And if you don't like it, don't fucking listen. It's that simple. But that being said, there is some stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, some very important stuff, I think, uh, because I love myself and I think... <laughs> And I think you guys should uh, love me too. But uh, <laughs> uh, all joking aside, we're gonna we're gonna discuss uh, recent events in the news, specifically uh, what is being what is being uh, deemed as a a hate crime by police in uh, Minneapolis. So we're gonna talk about that, including uh, we're also gonna talk about some Nazis that are buried in the VA um, cemetery system which I find is pretty awesome. Um, and I'll explain in a little while. Uh, so first, uh, first and foremost, we're going to, we're going to start talking about this George Floyd guy. Now I've seen the film, uh, as much as everybody else has out here. Um, I can't say that I've seen every aspect of film because we all know that, uh, Whenever some crazy shit goes down and the cops are involved, um, we end up with what's called user-generated content. So that's somebody holding their cell phone up and uh, hitting record and then going back and editing it and editing it and editing it and then releasing it the way they feel is necessary. Um, I don't think that's the case here, but I think it's very possible. And uh, the other thing I think is that some people... Um, want to see different aspects of this handled differently than other people. What I mean by that is uh, there's a lot of people that are uh, calling for these officers that were arrested, uh, excuse me, that were fired to be arrested and to stand trial for charges, including murder and conspiracy and covering up and all of that stuff, abuse of power and all that. And I certainly think those charges are warranty, uh, warranted based on what the wonderful media has told us specifically the video that's been out there uh and the articles that i've read not only um in the new york post but also the new york times uh and also that i've seen on uh you know take it as you will fox news uh and cbs and stuff like that so uh me personally i thought one of the best ways to start to show off would be with a couple of different speeches. So just give me a minute. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity, 
But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. All right, so obviously that was the uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. I Have a Dream speech, which was given on August 28, 1963. Uh, and that occurred, obviously, as you heard, uh, in the shadow of the great emancipator, um, Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president. So the next one I have is a little bit different flavor, but uh, it's Malcolm X. So hold on a second. In order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or re a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we're dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against a common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate, you should ask yourself who taught you to hate being what God gave you. And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough. If he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk, Stop sweet-talking him. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how, what kind of hell you've been catching and let him know that if he's not ready to clean his house up, if he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on fire and burn down. All right, so that one was taken from April 27, 1962 speech that uh, Malcolm X gave against uh, police brutality. Now, the reason I'm playing these is they, they're both completely, completely polarizing speeches and completely different in their delivery and their method, but the, are, the speeches, they have the same issue. And... Uh, particularly racism but uh you know police brutality in general so i personally think there's no cause for it um i think it is 100 percent okay to support cops and law enforcement and at the same time it's also 100 percent okay to call these guys out when they violate the trust that we the people have given them and when they abuse their power and they take things too far and they commit crimes and they use their ability to put hands on people and their training simply to serve an agenda. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I can't be 100% factual because I'm not those guys, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. 
So there's also a lot of back and forth, like there was this whole, uh, the cop that knelt on the guy's neck was previously uh, working with him. Um, so there's that whole avenue where there may have been some history there. There's the whole uh, black versus white. There's the whole cop versus criminal. You know, let's let's call it what it is. It's a fucking piece of shit cop who doesn't deserve to wear a badge, especially after all of his previous 16... 16 excessive force complaints. Now, a whole bunch of them were unfounded and all that. But 16 is a little much. You know, three or four. I've met cops that will go 20 years without, you know, more than three or four incidents. 16. So then there's the other cop. um, And I can't really pronounce his name, but he's the the cop that... uh, uh, he's the Asian-looking fella. Uh, he had a couple of court actions brought that were settled out of court for excessive force. So, uh, you know, you can't be nailing on people's necks. There's no reason for it. Uh, if the dude's saying he can't breathe, you should probably get off him. If he's bleeding from the face, you should definitely get off him. But I go one step further. If the motherfucker voluntarily gets out of the car and talks to you and does not fight you in putting on the handcuffs, do you really need to put him on the ground? Prone him out? Now, some of you guys out there are like, oh, man, I'm such a, you know, you're calling me a sympathizer and and all that and saying that uh, I don't know what it's like to be in law enforcement and all that. Hold on. Sorry, I had to take a drink. Um, And the answer to that is bullshit. Yes, I do. I spent four years as a correctional officer. And uh, I can tell you, 90% of the people that you talk to when you need to put handcuffs on them, you can talk them right into handcuffs. And it's literally as intense as how I'm talking to you right now. Now, there are 10% out there that are assholes and dickheads and douchebags and motherfuckers. And of that 10%, you have to maybe escalate your tone and body language. And then usually 6 or 7% of those um, will eventually allow you to put the handcuffs on with minimal redirection. And that leaves about 3% of the people that you will put handcuffs on that you have to physically fight and get aggressive with. So when you look at those numbers, um, yeah. And not to mention of those four years that I did, uh, I was handcuffing people probably eh, four out of seven days a week. I was putting handcuffs on people for the duration of the day and transporting and interacting with them. So, yeah, I understand what it is to put handcuffs on people and to be in an environment where you fear for your safety. So, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, <laughs> sorry, I got a little sidetracked there, but... Uh, Let's uh let's listen to some tunes. Hang on one second. Uh yeah, I think that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do uh we're gonna do some Green Day.
So that was uh, that was their new one. Oh yeah, um, I'm not sure how new it is. A few months, but uh, yeah. So there's that. So so like I said before, we were talking about that. Uh, you know, people should absolutely be calling public servants out um, when they violate what it is their authority. Uh, and I'm not talking about just cops because I know uh, there's plenty of correctional officers that do it. Uh, there's plenty of people in the youth detention centers that do it. So if, uh, if if you're, you know, if you're doing that and you get called out, well, you deserve it. Now that doesn't mean that there are things that occur that are a gray area. Like here's an example. Um, I'm not just going to walk into an inmate cell and punch him in the face or, throw an elbow into his ribs or anything like that. I'm not saying that that's, that's not acceptable. I know people who have done it. Like I said, I used to work as a correctional officer. However, I will say what is acceptable is if you walk into a cell, and I've done this, and I've made physical contact with an inmate during a, uh, a, uh, a pat search, and the inmate attempted to move his body and take a swing at me, well, in this instance, it is 100% okay to put this individual on the ground and defend yourself until the, until the threat stops. Once the threat stops, you stop. It's clear cut. It's that simple. Now, when I say, when I'm talking about firemen and all that, uh, you know, firemen can't just show up to your house if it's on fire, start putting it out, and then go in and steal your shit. <laughs> uh, we've, you know, I'm sure we've all seen the Simpsons episode where, uh, where Homer, Apu, uh, Flanders and, uh, Skinner and, uh, oh, what's his, uh, Mo become volunteer firemen and that's, <laughs> they go on a crime spree. That, that's not acceptable either. So, uh, just wanted to throw that out there. So here's, here's my whole take on it now let's look back in history a little bit to all of this stuff that's going down. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm laughing at what, uh, what's on my phone here, but uh, so now I'm born in 1982. So uh, although I'm aware of the, the things that happened before, I can't say I remember them. The first thing I remember um, regarding a race issue was, was the uh, the 92 riots in LA and then that transcended the entire <clears throat> the entire city um and, you know, and, and I'm talking about of course the Rodney King issue now Rodney King was you know obviously he was a black guy who was um four cops beat the shit out of this dude they fucked him up and like they were hitting him with their nightsticks and they were stomping him and punching him and all that stuff. Now, what they did was clearly wrong. However, in the interest of playing devil's advocate, when you look at how Mr. King conducted himself and you look at his prior history of crimes, specifically his prior history of resisting arrest and his aggressiveness in the crimes he committed that caused him to be arrested. I don't blame the officers for taking 
precautions and being prepared to have to deal with him in an aggressive uh, aggressive manner. However, when you put somebody on the ground and they are clearly not a threat to you, you must stop. Otherwise, you are the threat. So you put him on the ground. He fights a little bit. You give him a whack or two with the nightstick and you put handcuffs on him. You res- if he resists, you do what you got to do to get the cuffs on him and then you stop and then you immediately give him medical attention. It's not that hard. Sometimes people are assholes and they deserve to get arrested and you can't be beating the shit out of them and killing them. So it's a very fine line, but it's also a very well-defined fine line that these guys cannot be crossing. So uh, that's enough about that particular issue, uh, you know, the 92 thing. Uh, you know, and then, of course, there's been, I, I, I don't know how many issues, you know, we can look at the Zimmerman thing. Uh, we can look at the guy that was in New York that was killed by the police officers in New York. Who was, you know, he was put in a chokehold and all that. Um, but the thing that irritates me the absolute most about this entire thing over in Minneapolis wasn't, it's not the fact that it's black on white. And it's not even the fact that it's a cop killing a person in custody. What irritates me the most is the way the mayor in that city has handled it. So literally, he came out and instead of saying we had an altercation where a suspect was unfortunately mistreated and killed as a result of that by a police officer and we're taking immediate action to correct this, he came right out and gave immediate credence to the black versus white thing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm running a city, the last thing I need to do is give immediate credence to a racial profiling incident that occurred and resulted in somebody dying. Because... For every scumbag cop out there, there's probably seven or eight really good cops who are busting their ass to do the job right, and you just made that job ten times harder for them. I'm not saying don't address it. I'm not saying don't have remorse. But what I am saying is, bigger picture, you have more than just four officers. You have more than just one citizen who's on the shitty end of the stick in dealing with these officers. First and foremost, your job is to guide the city and to prevent people from getting hurt, people from getting killed, if you can. Now, here's the other side of that. These motherfuckers. It is okay to protest. It is okay to march. Hell, it's okay to hold signs and walk up to a cop and tell him he's a fucking prick. 100% okay. I love the fact that we can do that. What is not okay is smashing people's houses, smashing people's stores, burning their shit, stealing their shit, smashing out the windows and cop cars. Because now, instead of showing solidarity... You have allowed yourself to take away from the actual issue and create a whole separate issue. And now if you're doing this, if you're smashing windows and stealing stuff in the name of somebody who was, who was killed, I don't know about you, but if I'm their family, I'm pissed that my son who died is now being directly linked to all these fucking scumbag crimes instead of being known for what happened to him. Stop breaking people's shit. Stop stealing people's shit. Stop lighting motherfuckers' businesses on fire. Leave the goddamn cop cars alone. You want to protest? You go ahead and protest. You march. You wave your goddamn flags and your signs and all that shit. But you need to not become the problem. 
Now, some people are saying violence begets violence, and that is somewhat true, but not necessarily completely true. So while we're thinking about that, um, we're going to go ahead and play some... Hang on a second. Ah, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Little Chris Brown. played that song because uh i really like it um i'm very much aware of the guy's troubled past but uh you know it's a good song i like it uh, you guys don't have to like it mm, that's your problem <laughs> but uh anyway so uh early, at the beginning of the show I, I uh i i promised you guys we'd talk a little bit of uh nazism so last week maybe it was maybe it was before that let me think I'm trying to remember when it was it was last week, I think. Um, now, don't take this, you know, personally or all that. But sometimes, sometimes on on Facebook, you can find some really cool stuff. And most of the time, it's just a whole bunch of shit. Like it's terrible. But sometimes there's some good stuff. So, militarytimes.com. Um, uh, a few days back, they put up this this article. And uh, now I was gonna, I was gonna just kind of read it over and then give you guys the the an idea, but I think I think I need to read the article to you. It only take a minute, but uh, in order to get the entire idea across. So it says uh, amid criticism, Secretary Wilkie won't commit to removing Nazi headstones from VA cemeteries. So a lot of people are like, wait a minute, what the fuck? There's Nazis in the VA cemetery system? Yes. Yes, there are, because uh, during World War II, a lot of uh, POWs came over here, and when they died, they were buried. They were buried in military cemeteries. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 
whether you agree with it or not, that's not what we're discussing. But the simple fact is it happened, just like uh, a lot of our guys that were buried over in uh, France and a few of these other countries were buried in military cemeteries. So, now that I got your attention about this, House lawmakers on Thursday angrily demanded Veterans Affairs officials immediately remove a series of grave markers bearing Nazi swastikas and tributes to Adolf Hitler at a pair of department-run cemeteries calling leadership's response so far confusing and offensive. In his first public remarks on the controversy, VA Secretary Robert Wilkie said he is looking for ways to find a way to put this in historical context, that was a quote, rather than simply remove the problematic grave markers. Is another quote. It opens, it says, anti-Semitism is rearing its head all over Europe and in some places in this country. He told members of the House Appropriation Committee during a hearing on Thursday. So he was talking to the House Appropriations Committee and these are the things he said. Uh, so the next thing he says is uh, the last thing we need to do. Oops. Ah, sorry. The last thing we need to do is to not remind Americans of the horrors of anti-Semitism and the Nazi cult. I happen to think that making sure when people visit our cemeteries, they are informed of that horror is an important thing to do. Hang on, that didn't make sense. Um, so the first one was a closed quote. Anyway, um, I happen to think that making sure when people visit our cemeteries, they are informed of that horror is an important thing to do. Erasing these headstones removes them from memory. So basically what he's saying is... Uh, even though they're there, if you take it away, it removes the atrocities, the horrors, and all that stuff from memory. So when future generations visit these cemeteries, um, outside of a couple of stories that may be passed down, it's not going to be real to them because they're not going to see that there were actual Nazi soldiers. So anyway, I'll continue. Uh, at issue are three grave sites at two VA cemeteries, Fort Sam Houston National Cemetery in Texas and Fort Douglas Post Cemetery in Utah. Both were used to inter dozens of unclaimed remains of enemy troops following World War II. While most of the foreign troops' grave markers list only names and dates of death, the three in question, which all date back to the 1940s, are also engraved with a swastika in the center of an iron cross and an inscription in German which reads, quote, He died far from his home for the Fuhrer people, and fatherland, end of quote. Earlier this month, following complaints from local veterans about the offensive messages, leaders from the Military Religious Freedom Foundation demanded VA remove grave markers, saying their presence alongside American veterans was unforgivable. <clears throat> but VA leaders have said that the sites are governed by the National Historic Preservation Act of 1966, which assigns stewardship responsibilities to federal agencies, including VA and Army, to protect historic resources, including those that recognize divisive historical figures or events. So, that makes things a little bit different. Wilkie referenced that regulation again on Thursday, saying that removing the headstones would be a lengthy and complicated process. This uh, other woman here, Debbie Wasserman Schultz from Florida, she's a Democrat and a representative, but just looking at her name, Wasserman Schultz, she's probably Jewish. Let me see here. And chair of the House Appropriation, blah, 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 disputed that and accused Wilkie of hiding behind the federal statute. I understand these graves were not under jurisdiction of VA at the time they were put in, but there is no excuse now for VA to leave them, she said. The law is not a blanket excuse to avoid addressing past mistakes. Both Republican and Democratic leaders on the panel sent a letter this week demanding action on the issue, accompanied by new letters from groups like the Anti-Defamation League and the American Jewish Committee decrying the presence of the headstones. It's hard to see in the 21st century why, uh, why they would stay that way with all we know about what happened to the Jewish people in that war and the horrors of the concentration camp, said John Carter from Texas. So... Basically, what you have is you have people on one side of an issue who are saying these are Nazis, they don't deserve to be here, uh, we need to get rid of these headstones. You have, the, you have this Wilkie fella saying that uh, he doesn't want to take them out because it needs to be, uh, you don't want to erase history. Good or bad, you don't want to erase history.
And then you have the statute that I read um, that says whether, you know, in a nutshell says whether or not it's uh, horrendous or offensive, we should be preserving history. So there's that. So I kind of feel the way I feel. Um, I feel the way I feel about this a couple for a couple reasons. One, I think um, it was a different time, but you're let's get rid of the whole aspect of Nazism. <clears throat> now, had these individual soldiers been screaming all the way to the graves that we are Nazis and we hate Jews and we hate blacks and we hate people that aren't uh, white Aryans and we hate uh, Chinese and Japanese and all that stuff. Um, uh, it's a little bit different. You know, I, I don't think you deserve to be giving uh, credit to those folks. But at stake here is not the fact that these individuals were 100% Nazi, at least in my opinion. To me, these are soldiers who fought in a war, whether or not they agreed with it, they fought in a war for their country. And as such, were interred with full military honors. So let's look at it from this perspective. It is no different than, let's say, the British or let's say the French, or the Australians, or the Swiss. I don't know, Switzerland's a bad example because they're always neutral. Uh, the Canadians, the Mexicans, um, you know, even more in more recent conflicts, you have uh, the Iraqis, you have the, uh, the Koreans, the Vietnamese. All of these people, regardless of their in particular beliefs, fought for their country. And therefore, as far as I'm concerned, deserve a military burial. Now, you don't have to agree with me, and that is okay. I'm not here to please everybody. But let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here. I don't think you need to go ahead and, and remove headstones or change the headstones. Maybe what's needed is... You put a little plaque, you know, at the site of these headstones explaining why they were there and explaining that there is no intent to, uh, to harm any particular person. Because let's look at it this way. In America, we had the draft. A lot of people got called up and fought for their country that didn't want to fight. And as recently as Vietnam. So try to look at it from this perspective. A lot of those troops were probably conscripted as well. And if they fought valiantly, maybe they do deserve to have a little bit military burial. That's my opinion on it. Um, you know, however you fall on it, as it's your opinion. I'm not gonna not gonna tell you you're wrong. I'm not gonna tell you you're an idiot. I'm certainly not gonna call you up and email you and insult you and all that. I mean, you can do that to me if you want. Hell, I think it'd be great material for my next podcast. I'll, uh, I'll read some of them um, out loud, depending on what they say. Um, and not because I'm afraid of your comments, but because sometimes there's just language that even though it's a podcast and it's not on the radio, you just don't need to, you don't need to use. So anyway, so rounding out this wonderful, wonderful podcast that is certainly uh, surrounded by hatred, <laughs> I guess. I guess I tackled a little bit of hatred issue uh, and and discrimination. Why not? Sure. Um, we're gonna go ahead and play a little disturbed. So what we got up next is land of confusion. And uh, on the, on the other side of that, I got a, a pretty funny story about a hypervolt. And my random plug, so stick around and I'll talk to you guys again here in a few minutes.
So uh, that was Disturbed, Land of Confusion. So thanks for sticking around. So like I said, on the other side of the song, I, I have a funny story about uh, a Hypervolt. And I have my my uh, my my local plug. So the local plug is Jasper's Homebrew. So I don't know how many guys out there like to do, or girls, because girls do it too. Um, I don't know how many of y'all like to do homebrew, but I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, homebrewing my own uh, stuff. It's great. I can control the ABV. I can mix and match flavors. I can do all kinds of cool stuff. So uh, it's Jasper's Homebrew and Winemaking. Uh, great people down there. They are located at 522 Amherst Street in Nashua, New Hampshire. Um, and if you are, they have pretty much whatever you need. So like when you want to, if you want to do, um, just regular, regular beer, or if you want to get like crazy with your beer, or if you want to do, uh, meads or wines or all that stuff, they, they've got, they get everything you need. They got all the equipment, all the gear you need. Um, and they're really easy to find. So the, uh, like I said, Jasper's homebrew supply, 522 Amherst street, Nashua, New Hampshire, um, they're open almost all the time. Uh, just Google it and you'll find it. It's pretty easy. Uh, anyway, so to the hypervolt stories. <laughs> so I don't know if y'all know what a hypervolt is, but it's this percussion massage thingy. Uh, it looks like a pneumatic hammer and it's got like eight different attachments. One of them's a ball and other one's a fork. There's a flat one. There's all kinds of cool stuff and it's battery charge. And it's got three intensity settings, and the way it works is uh, you put it on, and it just it, it, it uh, like a like a like a street jackhammer goes, um, but it does that to your muscle groups. So wherever you put it, it just freaking hammers them out, which is and it feels amazing. Uh, it, it it hurts so good. So anyway, uh, my son bought my wife and I one. And, uh, it's pretty neat. So I had the thing on my leg and I had it on full power and I was just kind of, uh, cause I did uh, legs the other day. So I was just kind of just, uh, letting it do its thing. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder what'll happen if I put it on my nuts. So holy shit, don't put it on your nuts. I figured, you know, it might just feel a little weird, but it might feel pretty neat. So I stuck it on there and I pushed the button and oh my God, it felt like Hulk Hogan was stomping on my nutsack with a fucking stiletto uh, covered in concrete. I mean, it was, it was intense. It hurt. I, I dropped the thing and I grabbed my junk and I rolled around on the bed. My wife was fucking almost pissing herself laughing. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh there's the, that's that's what happened with that so now uh we're coming to the very end of this week's session uh appreciate y'all for listening um so hopefully next week in the news we won't have any more of this uh weirdness but i think we will so anyway um i'd like y'all to uh to uh enjoy a little bit of bush while i'm gone <laughs> i just realized what i said everybody enjoy the bush uh this one is uh it's called bullet holes it's from the john john wick chapter three soundtrack um otherwise uh i will see you guys or talk to you guys next week thanks for tuning in and go fuck yourselves